Great to be here with you on this Monday. So much to get to here on the show. The Braves are out west in Arizona trying to tread water uh, as best they can. Uh, hopefully learn how to play a little defense. So we'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. We've got a lot to get to with uh, college baseball on the, uh, the forefront with the regionals. And you say, well, why is that a big deal here? Georgia Southern uh, hosting a regional. First time ever. They only give out 16 of those. Georgia Southern is one of those 16. They are the 16 seed. They will welcome in Notre Dame, Texas Tech, and UNC Greensboro coming up Friday, Saturday, Sunday there in Statesboro. Jared Binko, Georgia Southern AD, will join us. We'll get his thoughts on that. That is obviously huge. Ben, you talked about brands and things of that nature. When you can bring in other programs from around the country for a national, even a regional tournament to your place, that is huge. And we'll talk to, uh, to Jared Binko about how that all became possible and what that means for that program. Rodney Hinnon, Georgia Southern head baseball coach, will join us coming up at 5 o'clock, and we'll talk to him about uh, his team. Obviously, they navigated through what was a pretty tough Sun Belt. They did not win the Sun Belt championship, but uh, Ben started off the season playing Tennessee, who just won the SEC. I know people point back and say, oh, you got swept by Tennessee. I mean, that was series number one uh, right out of the gate, and Tennessee obviously has proven to be very good, and Georgia Southern had some good out-of-conference uh, ball games with Georgia, Georgia Tech, who are also in it, uh, by the way. So they had a very good RPI, and obviously it pays off in a big way for Georgia Southern. We'll talk to uh, Rodney Hennon and Jared Binko throughout the show. Also, Ben, SEC meetings started this week, and you already have coaches weighing in, all the coaches trying to get baited. What do you think about Nick and Jimbo? And all the coaches obviously took talking to the media 101 or saying, I mean, you know. I don't want to get involved in all that, <laughs> you know, and all that. So uh, we'll get to the latest coming out of that. Jaguars going OTAs, and for all the talk about, uh, you know, uh, you know what we made fun of Desmond Ritter, apparently now Trevor Lawrence, oh, yeah. and this offense is the oh, is the yeah. second coming <laughs> of the uh, you know the fastest show on turf, uh-huh. the greatest show on turf. <laughs> Just uh, ask all the people who are watching OTAs. So we'll get to that coming up on the show as well. But Ben Braves take two out of three from Miami. They lose the opener to the Diamondbacks over the week or t- yesterday on Memorial Day. They are now nine and a half games out from the Marlins. Still taking two out of three. They're doing what they're supposed to do. Just haven't been able to gain any ground and losing some games where you're going, look, uh, Alcantara pitched great. You weren't going to win. I mean, I'm just being honest. He pitched what, what, like a one or two hitter. You weren't winning that game. Uh, last night, you got to score runs. Defense was horrible. Uh, so they've got some things to work on, Ben, but... To me, the emergence and, and maybe a I don't want I don't know if it's a sign of desperation, but you look at the outfield and go, Adam Duvall not hitting, Marcel uh, uh, Ozuna. He doesn't need to be out there. He needs to be hitting and sitting on the bench. Yeah, that's it. And this is what I talk. This is what I talk about when people say, "Why do you had your hate on for, uh, for Big Poppy?" Uh, case in point is also this. Look at Marcel Ozuna. If Marcel Ozuna couldn't hit, he wouldn't be playing baseball right now because his defense is, is is atrocious. And so, hit, sit on the bench. That's what they need him to do. And you bring up uh, one of your top prospects or your top prospect in Michael Harris, Ben, who a lot of people said, you know, more people don't probably don't follow, hey, who is the top Braves prospect? But this guy is probably the most heralded prospect since Ronald Acuna. Now, is his ceiling, is his, uh, you know, top side Ronald Acuna? No, but he is very good. A lot of people, and a lot of people were surprised he got called up now. But here he is, made some great defensive plays, hit a little bit. Like to see that continue, but 
a, a wild couple of days since we talked last on the show regarding those Atlanta Braves. Yeah, Kevin, I mean, uh, you go back to the Marlins series, winning two out of three, and then, uh, you know, this Braves team going to have ebbs and flows. I know, Kevin, we we give the recipe like it's easy to do. Oh, yeah, they don't play they, they don't play no team, you know, over 500 till, you know, mid-June. But these are, this is still the big leagues. Anybody can be beat on any given day. Now, I will say this about Marcelo Zuna. For what he is on offense, he is atrocious. On defense. Now, the thing about the DH is this. I know people look at the whole the Big Poppy thing. There's a reason why Big Poppy did not play. De- you don't want to see it. It's like it's a liability. Marcelo's on right now is a liability. Now, people go, but he's in the bigs. Yeah, but just because you're in the bigs, you excel at something. Like, your hand-eye coordination is still one of the best. I mean, seeing pitches, that's still one of the best. But they're not calling up, you know, uh, Michael Harris because they don't have knees in the, uh, in the, in the outfield. It's because they have – a uh, big knee, a big knee. Now, Michael Harris, another another Atlanta native. I mean, Kevin. I mean, that catch that he had, uh, you know, in center field is incredible. But I think the thing about this Braves team is it is a bunch of head scratches. If the starting pitching is elite, sometimes, sometimes, you no, know, the lineup is not, and sometimes the lineup is good, and you know, the, the pitching is got you know kind of subpar. Got to be able to put all three phases together. A lot of guys been in and out of slumps throughout the course of this year. The bats don't seem to be on fire at the same. You know. Uh, you know, we, when it comes to these games, as far as like putting things together, I, I'm still not worried. I think sometimes, Kevin, this is what it is. When the Braves are just winning the division, no one cares in baseball because they're not winning World Series. But when you win the World Series, everything you do is magnified. You're the World Series, defending World Series champs. So a lot of it is that. Most teams in the baseball, they're just one of 30. I mean, call it what it is. The Braves are one of the elite teams in baseball because they've done it in one of the hardest divisions in baseball. When you look at what DeGrom, you know, insurance are bring to the table, you look at what the Fields can bring to the table, you look at what, obviously, the Nats can bring to the table, you talk about the Marlins. I just think that when you look at this division as a whole, you know, Kevin, the Mets right now, you know, the owner of the Mets is looking real good right now. Right now. With the, with the Braves being nine and a half games back. But like you say, Kevin – you know, you want you want to try to get a game a week. You want you you know you want to stay the course. I do like how the Braves bring up prospects. I know a lot of times people win. Well, dude, there isn't a right time to bring up a prospect. There isn't a right time, but you got to get these. You got to get guys like Michael Harris. You got to get them playing time. You got to get them out there. I mean, you know, remember Christian Pache? Me neither. I'm telling y'all. <laughs> The bigs is 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 very very unforgiving. I saw I did see about that since you brought him up uh, that Christian Pache had the lowest batting average in the major leagues this year. Great kid, I, mean, I feel bad for him. Mind you, this is not this is not to come at Christian Pache. I know people be saying, you know, but it's very you know, when, when, right. when Austin Riley got called up, it's a lot of pressure on him. When they tell you, you're going to be our everyday third baseman, what on a team that matters, on a team that's contending, it's uh, let me not use the word easy, but it's hard to get called up. Everybody in Everybody like AAA wants to get called up in the minors. He but skipped when, that. He, and, he came from AA straight and, up. And, so. and I, th- I think what's happening now, Kevin, is it seems like everybody's pressing a little bit. It seems like everybody's trying to – we get it. You don't necessarily have to live – the hardest thing to do in pro sports is a repeat. Ask any team, basketball, baseball, hockey, football. It's hard to do it because not everybody knows you. Not everybody wants a piece of you. But right, wrong, and different, man, they got to get it done. I do like – I think Michael Harris is going to be – Incredible. He's not doing no, you know, listen, stay away from the two-fold, people. <laughs> Leave it alone. Mr. Jones, sorry you're not in the, in the Hall of Fame yet. I think it is ridiculous. Yeah. But become your own name first. Say, hey, man, hey, Mr. Andrew Jones, would it be okay if I, you know, don't, I'm with that number. No. You know, we don't, leave, Andrew Jones, listen, 
I think it's half because he played for the Braves. He be hating on Braves greats because it's a grip <laughs> of them. But no, uh, shout out to the Braves. So I do. I mean, shout out to Michael Harris. I think he's gonna be really, really good, Kevin. And obviously, the plate appearances is gonna get better. You know, once again, what Marcel doesn't, what Marcel doesn't do in, in center field, Michael Harris is. Yeah, the well, kid I mean, is phenomenal. I mean, but I, 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 I do, I do like the fact that people talk about pressure. If I am from Atlanta and I play baseball and I dream of playing for them Bravos and I get called up, I don't think it gets. More pressure feel to him and guys like Matt Olson. That's a different type of pressure when, hey, man, my family, you know, my whole family's in the stands. And, you know, I, I was eating, you know, I was eating lunch with him the day before the game. So, But, <laughs> but Mike Harris, love the fact he got called up. Hopefully he'll be a good addition. Yeah. He's just going to have to work on those players. And you look at the, uh, again, you look at the kind of the, the makeup of the Braves lineup right now. You've got uh, Matt Olson. Atlanta, Metro Atlanta native. Michael Harris, Metro Atlanta guy. Dansby, Metro Atlanta guy. I mean, you've got some guys. Uh, on this team, who are, and you hate to say because again, but I guess it is different when you're pros. Like they were Braves fans as kids, and now you're playing on this team, uh, and, and you're playing together, and you're having a chance to. I mean, I'm sure you you go around, you try not to get shell shocked. But I saw Michael Harris. He was like, "Hey, man, like I wasn't thinking I was going to get called up, but then it's kind of surreal. It's like you walk in the clubhouse, and there's my jersey, there it is. hanging with everybody else. There it so it's like." And I imagine that's extra true when you're like, and it says Atlanta, Atlanta on it. It's like, you know, so I better imagine that's extra real. But, uh, but yeah, I, I'm excited to watch him play. Yeah. I think it was kind of good. He got called up, and now they're out of town for a, a week or so. Yeah. So it's like, you're there. Hey, settle in. Let's go play some baseball yeah. out here in uh, Arizona and Colorado and the like and, and, and kind of settle into to big league life. But, again, you should be really excited about it. I think defensively this team has been bad uh, at times. Obviously, Marcelo Zuna out there in left field, you, you, you can't. He just doesn't need to be out there. If Matt, if uh, Metals, excuse me, if um, Michael Harris, uh, nope, um, uh, if Adam Duvall was hitting Metals or uh, Marcelo Zuna would not even be out there. Matt Olson's been kind of disappointing with the glove, Gold Glove caliber. He's made some some kind of strange mistakes, and you you know maybe you just work out of it. Yeah, I will say this for all the folks who are looking at the Braves, they're nine and a half by, out behind the Mets. This is why I said this stretch is very important. You're still playing the Diamondbacks, the Rockies, uh, the Pirates, the Cubs. Uh, are, are in this stretch uh, that we've talked about. The Mets are now entering a stretch where they are playing the Dodgers, the Padres, the Anaheim Angels, the Brewers, and the Houston Astros. Those are all really, really good teams. So this is a stretch where uh, I was talking to Christian. He's, he's like, are you starting to get concerned? I was like, no. I was like, at the if at the end of this, I think the, the Astros series is June 21st, 22nd. For the Mets. So if at the end of that window where the Braves come out of playing this relatively easy turn in the schedule and the Mets are done with this kind of tough stretch, if you're still nine and a half out, yeah, that, I mean, that's that was prime makeup time to make up some games. Then I think you start looking at it and say, where do we stand in the wild card race? But keep winning two out of three, and I still believe over the course of this you're going to make up uh, some games here in the short term. We've got to step aside. we got Jared Binko, Ben, waiting in the wings. I'm going to join us, Georgia Southern, uh, getting ready to host a regional in baseball for the first time. And, man, what Jared Binko has had to do yeah. since becoming the AD. Took over, COVID shuts everything down. Hires a basketball coach uh, in the middle of COVID. Hires Clay Helton. Now you're getting a program uh, to host a regional. You're building facilities. He has done a lot in a short amount of time there at the helm. He will join us when we come back. It is three and out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network streaming live. ESPNCoastal.com. Also love to hear from you on Twitter at Pigskin Radio.
Good to have you along. Three and out on this Tuesday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you're making us a part of your day. The NCAA baseball tournament is upon us. They handed out the uh, regional assignments over the weekend, and one of those lands in Statesboro, Georgia Southern. Going to be welcoming in Notre Dame, Texas Tech, UNC, Greensboro coming up this weekend. And uh, joining us here to tell us how that happened, uh, the athletic director at Georgia Southern, Jared Binko, joins us here on Three and Out. Jared, welcome. How are you? Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, we're doing fantastic. What all – I mean, obviously the work on the field happens with the uh, with the student-athletes, but I know you guys put out uh, that you were trying to land one of these things. What what all goes into securing the rights to uh, to host a regional and obviously you guys able to get that done for the first time in school history? Yeah, no, listen, we're, we're fired up. I mean, listen, you're not in a position to host unless your team uh, goes out there and puts you in position, you know, competitively to host. And so – just really proud of, you know, first and foremost, our coaches and staff and student-athletes that did a incredible job. Anytime you get to 40 wins in, in a season, I think that speaks volumes. So that, that's the first thing. You obviously have to be in position competitively to host. And then, secondly, you, you put in a bid, and the way the NCAA bid process works, you kind of you guarantee revenue, and you have to set your expenses. And, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of thought and planning went into it, and now it's just a matter of execution. So uh, we got to – it's interesting with, with a turn – you know, you find out we're hosting Sunday, find out the matchups Monday, and then teams arrive tomorrow, which is kind of crazy on a short term, and then practice Thursday, play Friday. So it's a bang-bang deal, but really excited. It's a great opportunity for, for Statesboro and Southeast Georgia. And Jared, even even sticking with that, you think about it. You think about a city like Statesboro. You think about uh, you know baseball in the state of Georgia. Obviously, you got Athens. Obviously, you got you know you got Atlanta. You got you know you got make you got. But then when you think about Statesboro, the Sun Belt, everything as you said, it goes into it. What is that call like, Jared? Because like you said, everybody everybody I think is putting in bids. Not everybody's getting the call. What is it like making preparations for it, getting the bid for it, and what does it mean for for the city of Statesboro? Yeah, I'll tell you, you know, it's interesting. They announced the, the host. Uh, I was actually out in, in, in Arizona with men's golf for NCAA championships, and, uh, you know, they were going to announce at 8.30 Sunday night Eastern, that is. And, um, you know, you can get a phone call, text, or email, and it's about, you know, eight, about five minutes till 8.30. I'm like, well, I guess we didn't get one. I would assume we'd gotten uh, tipped off. And then I saw the social media thread, and it was boom, boom, boom. And saw Statesboro, you know, we even went out for NCAA. I did double take, like, man, this is – you know, it kind of was in shock, one of those moments. But then you quickly pivot and you start, you know, thinking already in your head about execution uh, of your plan you submitted. But then, listen, it's a here, here's what I always tell people. You know, we always talk about athletics um, being the front porch of the university, and this is another opportunity for us as an institution to really put our best foot forward. We, you know, we're proud of baseball. We love our campus. Love um, obviously the degree that you can have here in the. In the experience as a student and as a student athlete here and now this gives us one more opportunity to show the rest of the the country just what a special place it is and so it's huge you know then it's it's a place obviously not everybody's been to and we we take great pride in giving people a great experience and hopefully not too much of a great experience on the field uh, because we want to we want to win this regional and move on but um you know listen southern hospitality will be on you know be on, on display this week so and, and, Jared, how good, as you said, uh, your, your student-athletes went out there, won 40 games. How good is this baseball team, and how confident do you think you guys are going to be getting to play there at, uh, at J.I. Clements to try to move on? Well, I mean, listen, it's, it's going to be a home field advantage. You know, I think what makes this team special, and Coach Hennon, I know you, he's going to be on later today. Um, you know, it's interesting this season, and I've been around some really good teams in the past, uh, some, you know, some years past, and I was talking to um, Austin Thompson and Christian 
um, Avan as well about, you know, early on you could see the senior leadership continue to really just take teams through, come from behind wins, and you saw this never-quit type mentality, and we have 20-plus come from behind wins, and it's a senior-driven team, and, and Ben knows, we saw before about senior leadership. I mean, the senior leadership on this team is as good as I've seen, and so it's a byproduct of just some tremendous, you know, not only baseball players, just tremendous young men, and so I feel really good. I mean, you know, that's why you have to go out and play the game. But our guys are fired up, and I think, you know, after after Sunday's performance and just coming up just short of the Sunbelt Championship, you know, shortly thereafter to find out we're hosting, it was definitely an adrenaline shot. And, uh, again, they're, they're just as fired up as we are to host. So. And Jared, even even talk about even talk about the Sun Belt a little bit more. I mean, when I'm looking at this list, I mean, I'm you know I'm seeing Auburn, you know, I'm seeing Eastern Carolina, I'm seeing Florida, I'm seeing Louisville, Maryland, Miami, North Carolina, Oklahoma State, Oregon State, Southern Miss, Stanford, Tennessee, Texas, Texas and Virginia Tech, Georgia Southern hosting a regional. It's one of those things to where obviously you want to move on to the tournament, but it's prestigious. I, I you know I hear baseball coaches and and our college always talking about man the best path to to win any. Any tournament or anything, you it's being at home. Just talk about what the Sun Belt is doing, you know, not just on the national scale, but you see in baseball, you guys are seem to be making sure that people know, look, man, the Sun Belt, playing us is one thing, but we making sure that we are putting on not for just our conference, but for college baseball as a whole. Yeah, and if you look at it, you know, we had our spring meetings in Destin, um, gosh, I want to say it was two weeks ago, and, you know, we had the four new teams down there. If you, if you look at it, I mean, Southern Miss is too. They're going to be a member of the Sun Belt you know, effective July 1. And so, yeah, but, but here's the thing, you know, you know Ben, and, and I had this, you know, conversation with Commissioner Gill while we were down there saying, you know, the power, there's no doubt in my mind the power of the, not only the brand, but just the, the conference is significantly increasing. So you start looking at every sport and what's coming in. I mean, we're getting better in every sport. And so a lot of people look at football, you look at basketball, but baseball and softball. And so I think what you'll see across the board is the Sunbelt, further establishing itself as a preeminent group of five school in the country. And I think what you'll also see is, is the, the, the results and the proofs in the pudding because when you look across this postseason, and then, of course, our goal is to get a New Year's Day 6 in this conference as well. I mean, the next couple of years, in my opinion, will be a further um, strengthening and really a separation moment for us as a conference because we got better. And there's a lot of chaos going around this past year with people leaving Conference USA and others and American and stuff, we were getting stronger. And I think that's just a sign of a, a great leadership with Commissioner Gill and down to the president. Jared Binko, Georgia Southern Athletic Director, joining us here on 3 and Out. And how busy is it uh, right now to be uh, be Jared Binko? As you said, you were out there with golf. You got baseball hosting a, a regional. You know, Obviously, Clay Helton's got folks fired up about the fall. I know you got some building projects going on uh, there on campus for some new facilities. I mean, obviously, you've got uh, – your fingers in a lot of places over here the last few months. Yeah, well, listen, it's a good problem to have. Anytime your your teams this time of year are, are competing, it's a good problem to have. Um, but no, I think I think what you also will see too is just the, the upper trajectory of the university and really mimics that of the athletic department and, and vice versa. Because you know we've got eighty million dollars in capital projects going on right now, and you look at the success. This is the best spring we've ever had on record. Uh, you mentioned you know Coach Helton and what he's doing in football, and you even saw a little bit in the spring. I even thought maybe Ben might like to be a tight end in this system because he'd catch a lot of balls. But, um, no, I mean, I think what you're seeing is, is the momentum carry over, and really he's going to carry over into the fall. And so we, we've made no, no, no um, bones about trying to be you know, like, a, like a power five program and how we run and, and being very uh, lead in every sport that we field. And so that's kind of been the process. And obviously, you know, each year you try to get better. But it's, it's been 
it's been so rewarding. I'll tell you that the best thing about it time of year is seeing the student athletes who put in day in, day out, the hard work and out of the classroom and on the fields and the courts respectively, to see them celebrate and to see all their hard work. I mean, that's, that's why you do it. That's your why. Like, why, why, are we, why are we in college athletics is to see these young people and hopefully play a small role in them having those, those moments to always remember the rest of your life. And, you know, we're in the moment of creating business. And it's just this time of year, it's, it's, just, it's, it's really special. It's hard to explain, but it's really special to see, you know, goals and dreams and aspirations be, be accomplished. So. And, Jerry, you talk a lot about the future and everything going on for, as far as, like, you know, different uh, you know different buildings and different things going up. You talk about uh, the plans you guys have. But the, the players are actually a part of that plan. And it's one thing that have them a part of that plan, the, the student-athletes. But they're actually, you know, uh, building that momentum in the right direction. Kevin mentioned Coach Helden. You talk about uh, what, you know, you guys hosting the region. You talk about how well you guys are doing across all sports, both male and female. Just talk about how the players – why they understand that, look, they control what they control when they out there on the baseball, down the basketball court, but they seem to be understanding that, look, we are doing it for something bigger than us. And to be, to get, it's always about looking back at your time at whatever school you was at and say, look, this is what we did when we was here and kind of setting the stage for future Georgia Southern Eagles. Yeah, so, I mean, to me, it comes back to a couple things. Like, one, you know, we've, we've been up front with about the standards have increased here. You know, we're not lowering standards. And listen, you're always good at the people around you. I've been blessed with a great staff and, our coaches are, are awesome, but I think our student athletes will also share with you too that you know they want to succeed at a high level. And, and then you know, as a former student athlete, if you want to be whether it be a championship winning team or all conference, all American, whatever, well then you're agreeing to be coached at an elite level. I'll tell you the piece to me that often gets overlooked is we tied the school record with a 3.08 year-long cumulative GPA. Um, you know, and you look at it a lot of places that that's significantly above the average student-athlete population. And so, to me, it's, it's the little things that matter. And so, you know, how you treat showing up in class and how you treat studying for an exam and obviously aiming high uh, academically, it's going to translate into the field because you can't be one and not the other. Um, I just think it's, it's about a habit-based system. And, and we talk all the time about being a developmental program, and so everything matters. And I think, to your point, Ben, you know, our student-athletes are seeing that, hey, you know, whether it be – the new nutrition program we have online, whether it be mental health, whatever, every student athlete, and we had a release last week about the Austin money, they have a chance to invest in that through, through a couple of different uh, levers we have in place. So what you're seeing is that every class that comes in is getting a better student athlete experience. And that's our goal every year. We're bettering it. And so our student athletes see it. They're the ones that are doing all the work. Our goal is to support them at a high level and offer them encouragement. Um, and also just talk about the importance of discipline and accountability because that's going to translate in life. It's a it's a 40-year decision, not a four-year decision. Jared Binko, Georgia Southern AD, joining us here on 3 and Out. And, Jared, before we uh, before we let you go, a uh, couple of things. Uh, what does the, the, the schedule look like for uh, for folks that are wanting to come check out the regional? Is, is it one ticket for one day? How does that kind of process work for folks that are interested? Yeah, so right now we're actually getting ready to come out. We've sold out of all our uh, regular season tickets or I should say regular chair back and um, bleacher tickets and so we'll have more information come out shortly on some standing room only tickets but we're, we're, we're about at capacity right now but online you can go to uh, gseagles.com and you can order tickets um, just for the remaining SRO standing room only tickets but um, it's going to be a packed house and I would encourage you know we're going to be tailgating here we're going to have a lot of new um, you know hopefully food vendor trucks and food trucks here so it's a it's a great opportunity so even if you don't have a ticket now I would encourage you, obviously, the day of the game, there's usually tickets going around. People are trying to, you know, sell them and whatnot. I would encourage people to get up here because it's going to be a, 
a really a really cool event this weekend. And it's going to be something I think everybody in town can be really proud of. Absolutely. And hey, before we let you go, you mentioned the, the food and the tailgate. Now we know you can uh, you know get out there on the Blackstone. We know you can grill the meats. What we've seen the football spread. What is the baseball spread? And are you going to have a little AD set up there uh, cooking some food for the baseball <laughs> folks? Well, as much as I'd like to, I, you know, I, I think it would it would come in a detriment of some other things. Um, but no, it's I, I think you know there's some similarities there. I, I think if you look at you know tailgate, I think it's, you can never go wrong with you know with pulled pork, you know Boston butt. Uh, I think that's that's an easy you know go to for a lot of folks and. Yeah, you know, I think you'll see a lot. I'll see a lot of you know bratwurst and hot dogs and sausage dogs and all types of stuff like that. So I, I would just tell you, if you like to eat like I do, um, you don't you're not really picky. And so I think um, I haven't really passed up on a whole lot of stuff. The only thing I will pass up on is, is goat. Um, I had that during the half state game, and 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 that's about the only time I'll try that. But outside of that, I'll eat about anything else. So. Well, well, I was going to let you go, but did you? There was somebody was trying to grill up goat before the football game. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't know what it was. I thought it was chicken. <laughs> just, 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 a, just, just, just more of a gamey type taste. I mean, I as a person that grew up when my grandfather used to make goat like once a year. Yes, that is it's like liver. You, you know, if you had it once, you've had it enough. You know, uh, you know, you, you, it, it, it definitely, it definitely works on them bowel movements a little bit. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I can digress there, but it was, it's probably something I, I probably won't have again, but. Yeah, you just gotta. Sometimes what you learn is you gotta. Sometimes if you don't know what it is, you need to ask. That's that's why the lesson learns. <laughs> Jared Biko, Georgia Southern Athletic Director, joining us here on Three and Out. Jared, really appreciate the time. I know. Uh, congratulations, all the best on getting that regional. It's going to be a great weekend there in Statesboro, and we appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right, thanks, guys. Hell Southern. Jared Biko, joining us here on Three and Out, and as we said, a lot going on in Statesboro. Uh, as you said, sold out of all the seats. Standing room only tickets. Going to be a packed weekend there in Statesboro, Notre Dame, Texas Tech, wow. UNC Greensboro wow. coming to town. And it is double elimination if you're unfamiliar with it. So Georgia Southern gets UNC Greensboro in the first game. So if you can win that, you know Texas Tech or Notre Dame is going to have one loss already in the loser's bracket. So, hey, good stuff potentially out there for Georgia Southern. And they're at home. And we will talk with, uh, with Rodney Hinnon. Coming up later on the show. This is 3 and Out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Well, it's great to be here on this Monday. Good to have Jared Binko joining us. I yes. know everybody in Statesboro, Ben, is oh, yeah. obviously excited about Gear that. And Hey, sold out. I'm going to uh, standing room get, only just, tickets. I'm going to have to go up there and just... You know, put on the Georgia Southern like polo and say, "Yeah, I'm the assistant AD. I'm just out here uh, saving <laughs> lives. I'm just a taste test. No, no, I'm not going to the game. I'm just out here tasting, taste testing, or whatever. You You're know, just sampling just, the tailgate. <laughs> of course, no. But I, I, I will say this, Kevin. When you think, of, I mean, super regionals. It's like you know, I mean, not super yeah. regionals. I'm yeah. sorry, super regional second round. Re- hosting a regional in baseball is prestigious because I mean, you got to think, baseball is baseball. You could you could throw out FBS FC. You could throw it out. It's, it's baseball. It's a lot of teams. You narrowed it down to sixty four, and you're one of the sixteen teams that get the host. I mean, and listen, and I, there's like three hundred and something. And, and all I'm saying is when you, when, you think, when you think about when you think about baseball, right? In the state of Georgia, in the state of Georgia alone, I mean, you got ACC, you got SCC, right? I, I, I mean, you got you know you, you talk you got you some talk, belt teams, yeah. You got some belt. I mean, you talk you talk about you talk about Mercer. I mean, you talk. I mean, you talk about Georgia. So it's it's just so many. And and Jared Bingo, as we were talking last segment, I mean, 
It's, it hasn't been a walk in the park since he got the job. It's been a lot of stuff going on. And for him to just stay the course, I mean, you hear $80 million in renovations going on in Statesboro. That's just, you know, and on top of the fact that, hey, man, when Coach Helton, where's Coach Helton going to go? The domino effect. Oh, he's coming to Georgia Southern. What? Then you look at then you look at women's basketball. Then you look at then you look at uh, men's basketball. Then you, you see what's going on in baseball. Obviously, you know football is what every I mean get big big stadiums. I get sure. it, but the Sun Belt as a whole is really really putting on with. I mean, because think about it. You talk people say, man, who's representing the Sun? Oh, uh, it ain't Coastal Carolina. Not for the regionals. It, it ain't App. It ain't Louis, You know, it ain't it ain't the Raging Cages. You know, it's, I I just think that what's going on right now in Georgia Southern's. Pretty freaking special. Absolutely. As you said, Jared Binko, people, I, I don't know, he hasn't forgotten. I, he kind of just shrugs it off when you bring it up. But I believe he was hired in March of 2020, and then they shut everything down. Like, like he was hired like in the midst, yeah, of, ghost town. In the, in the midst of the COVID shutdown and had to go through you know coaching hires, dealing with students. I mean, in the two years that he has been, been there, Ben, he was on the job two weeks. Everything gets shut down for COVID. Then you come back. How are we going to play with COVID? I think Georgia Southern was one of like two or three teams that played twelve games in the COVID year. So yep. it's like they they managed to to make that happen. Then you go to hire a basketball men's basketball coach. Then you look at uh, the the situations of NIL coming to fruition and how do you deal with that with your student athletes and hiring a football coach. Um, well, making the decision to fire a football coach midseason, hiring a football coach. Uh, kind of earlier than people thought it was going to happen. And now you've seen progression. I mean, he's, again, done a tremendous job and has been, I think, any, anything but a normal operating, oh, and for yeah. everybody, but really since he took the job, it has been anything well, but, you know, standard operating yeah. procedure there yeah. uh, in, in Statesboro. And the thing about, the thing about Jerry Binko, if anybody that's ever met him, I mean, about as down to earth, you know, as it gets. I mean, very, very, very accessible. You know, when you talk about all the responsibilities that he has, and, and obviously, you know, I mean, when you think about Kevin, the the reputation of all these conferences, and I'm sorry, I mean I can say this, that the Sun Belt is the best G5 conference. That's taking nothing away from the other conferences. I mean, when you look at what they do, we and, and that's taking nothing away from the Cincinnati's of the world. Like I get it, but I'm just saying when you look at what the Sun Belt is, not to mention they just they added members. They added members and put them on the schedule when they was contractually <laughs> obligated to be in their in the conference they was coming from. Like, don't care, putting out a schedule right now. And obviously, cooler heads have prevailed. Yeah. Obviously, gonna be. But I just think that when you look at the reputation of the Sun Belt, and you know Notre Dame is coming to get is coming to Statesboro, right? Texas Tech is coming to Statesboro. I'm not the smartest person in the world. I'm and a lot and my children will definitely attest. But I can <laughs> I can guarantee you, ain't too many people. From Notre Dame ever been to no Statesboro, right? So all time, no, no, no. People in West Georgia, you know, certain people in certain parts of the state. But I listen. So congratulations to the Georgia Southern because I think what it is, Kevin, is, hey man, how can we stand out in a in a in a Sun Belt that's only getting more and more competitive before we even add the new members? Hey man, hosting a regional baseball is definitely a good start. Absolutely, we'll get uh, more with that. Rodney Henning going to join us as I mentioned coming up in the final hour, forty and eighteen on the year. Really done a uh, a tremendous job, and now with a chance to play at home and potentially move on to a Super Regional. We'll talk to him about that coming up in the final hour. We'll step aside. We'll come back. OTA's happening there in Jacksonville. And, well, it happens with every team. You get to OTA's and all of a sudden, chalk it up. Here we come. We'll get to that uh, when we return. It's 3 and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. We're streaming live, ESPNCoastal.com. You can also catch us live streaming on Facebook, Twitter, 
and YouTube. Go to our YouTube channel at ESPN Coastal there on YouTube. Great to be here on this Monday. Jags have OTAs. I know I saw some uh, beat reporters and Jess say, hey, your schedule clear in, ja- in January, fellas? I, in jo- in, you know, just And some people are like, are you serious? It was like, calm down. But by, by some early accounts, Trevor Lawrence uh, seemingly liking the fact that he has weapons uh, and developing a rapport with some wide receivers, some good throws and catches uh, against coverage. And uh, one interesting note that, you know, Travis Etienne, uh, John Shipley saying Travis Etienne looks really fast. And to me, that would say that, you know, if nothing else, putting that Liz Frank injury uh, behind him. Again, we'll see what happens when you start hitting. But I think that was a concern of, first off, can you get out there and run? Can you be elusive? Can you be quick coming off an injury like that? And apparently, he he's starting to look the part. Kevin, I mean, uh, the one thing about a Liz Frank injury that people need to understand is when you break the top of your foot, that is the most. That is So you're breaking the strongest part of a foot. That's why it's so hard to come back. Basically, all the, everything you need from your foot starts with the top of it. But I'm happy for Travis Etienne. Now, now you got to tell him this. All right, Travis. In a long time since you've been out there on this green grass, slow down, young man. Like, because I, the thing about it is, this is, you know, practice is where you hone in on your skill set, but the game is where you make your money. And I think the thing about it is, Kevin, look, once again, just like when, you know, with Drake London and, you know, Desmond Ritter, oh, my, did you see him? Right. Well, the hype is a part of the confidence-building process. We got to build the confidence in these guys. We got to show them, one, what a healthy working environment looks like. <laughs> oh, oh, there go Doug Peterson. Oh, check, got that. We want, we want to show them what it is to, like, go into a season with real momentum, not fake hype. We're talking about real momentum. Travis Etienne. Right, I'm looking to see how they're gonna use him, right? You know, and I think that I think when you think about this team, I mean, James Robinson is gonna be an asset. He don't got to worry about Carlos Hyde. Nothing against Carlos Hyde, you know, former Ohio State Buckeye getting getting reps because he played for Urban Meyer in college. That stuff is over with. The best guy gonna play. But if I got Christian Kirk, right? I got you know Zay Jones on the other side. That's my two receivers. I got Evan Ingram at the tight end position. I got Trevor Lawrence. You know, at the quarterback position. I got Travis Etienne in the backfield. Mm-hmm. I mean, not just, you know, we live in a world of, you know, paper hype. On paper, it looks really, really good. The problem is Travis Etienne is 22. Trevor Lawrence, I think, is 23. Right? I want to say Christian Kirk is 25, 26. Zay Jones, 26. It's a bunch of young guys, but none have, outside of Trevor Lawrence, have never been in a starting role like this. That's the thing about sports that I don't think people give people enough credit for is everybody wants to be a star to be, you know, have, have that leading role, Kevin, but everybody can't be a star in a movie, man. Some of us are built to be co-stars. There is nothing wrong with that. But that lead role is what everybody wants. I'm, I'm, it's going to be exciting to see, Kevin, because like I said, the Colts have the best team, right? The Titans might have the best player and defense. Even though, the, even though I think the coach defense might be better than the Titans, which is even scary to think about. I don't know who played for the, I don't know who played for Houston. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm after this show. I'm gonna make sure I go look. I'm still not gonna know like who. But Derek Stingley Jr. plays for him. John Mechie plays for him. So they got an LSU Tiger and they got an Alabama Crimson Tiger. I don't know who's gonna be throwing the ball to him or who's gonna be trying to you know uh, who's gonna be covering. But I, I'm happy for ET and uh, Kevin. I'm happy for this offense because. I think when you think about this Jaguars team, they're gonna be led by they're like they are the Atlanta Falcons of the of the AFC. I'm gonna keep on saying it. Tre- you got a young guy in Trevor Lawrence who is supposed to be the next 
best thing. You got a guy, Travis Etienne, who was hurt all last year. You gave him some weapons. You know, you added some guys in the draft. I I think on Cam Robinson, you got the old line that I, that I think you want. And you know what's crazy? This is why I think Trevon Walker's going to struggle. We're only talking about the offense. You forget they had the number one overall pick, Trevon Walker, out of Georgia. They And now they've kind of seen him a little bit. And I imagine this, helmet and shorts. Hey, man, you don't want to be that dude in helmet and shorts. <clears throat> but I do think this, Kevin, you know just like I know. If Jacksonville can't score, it's going to be a long year. Can't be a bunch of uh, Buffalo games, 9-6. to six. They're going to have to put up points. I do think they got some guys that can definitely do it. We'll see what happens, Kevin, but you know, just like I know, the hype has begun, people. And if you ain't seen Travis Etienne lately, whoo, that boy is moving. They got to <laughs> slow him down. But I'm happy that Travis Etienne is back. Uh, it's hard to, uh, as a guy, I never missed a whole year, but as a guy that had injury issues my entire time in the National Football League, uh, even, even my rookie year, it's it's something in your head, man. You know, you got to get out of it because most guys have never had injuries, and how you respond to injuries is going to decide what type of player you become. Yeah, I think a lot of this is the, uh, you know, uh, the hype of Jags saying, look, we want to be good offensively. Yes. You know, because I think they, they look at it and say, look, you have Trevor Lawrence, you have that, like, this has got to be a team that scores more than 14, 17 points. It just, yeah. it just has to be. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe they can. I, I look Score at it. a quarter. As my coach said, but we got to leave. We got to get in. Where we I think Atlanta Falcons fans are used to having good offense, and they look at the team and go, I do see Russell Wilson. I, they're trying to hope themselves yeah. uh, into, uh, into oh, yeah. some you good offense. And you look from the side in the dark, <laughs> you, might, so you might look like him. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with Desmond Ritter, by the way. Yeah. This is what we do, right? We create these unrealistic expectations. I give you two words, Atlanta fans. Jason Hayward. Remember that? We need to cut that stuff. Oh, I'm trying to t- – no, no. Yes, everybody would love for that first at-bat to be a home run. The problem is how many bats after that at-bat. Yeah. That's the problem. And he's not, like I said, it's, it's funny. Like you said, I think uh, it's true. Like He's had a decent uh, MLB career since he left Atlanta, but I think it was, like you said, just overwhelming, <laughs> the pressure in uh, in Atlanta to go out yeah. there. And, you know, you got people going, oh, he's going to be – hey, he's over there, you know, dapping up Hank Aaron and Chipper Jones, just, you know, giving him bro hugs at the first at-bat. You're going, all right, now. But I do think Jacksonville they, uh, fans are just, they are hoping that this offense can actually be something that they want to watch. And again, I think Trevor Lawrence is a guy that can make the throws by all accounts. He looks sharp here early. Again, it's OTA, so they might have helmets on uh, and no tackling, but apparently making some throws in some tight windows. Guys are still trying to defend passes, uh, even if they're not tackling. So I think he's the key to a lot of it. And if he's as good, Ben, as people say he is and want him to be, then I think you're going to see a big step forward here and you're going to see him put the team on his back and, and lift them up. Now, where's that in, in this year? Like we both said, going from three to seven wins, that's a pretty good leap that, in the huge. National that Football League if you can do it. So I, I think if you can see some more output offensively, that's what I think Jags fans are hoping that's, that what they're seeing now is something that can translate into the, into the fall. The thing about a guy like Trevor Lawrence, Kevin, since high school, he's been used to having a team on his back. This is a different situation. But we will see, Kevin, as I mentioned. It is Jacksonville. They do have pools at the stadium. So <laughs> you're going to enjoy yourself at the stadium no matter what. Well, if it ever gets too bad, you just go take a dip. <laughs> right? You just get if Trevor Lawrence just say he can just take it off, go up there and say, hey, I'm going to take a dip real quick. Well, what's the problem? Well, it's too hot out here to be playing like this. We are coming back three and out. So the big skin. Radio Network. Hit us up on Twitter. Love to hear from you. At Pigskin Radio, take three on the flip side.
Good to have you back here, three and out. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you're making us a part of your day. We'll chat with Franz Beard, uh, Gator Bait, Florida, hosting a regional. Also, you got the SEC meetings going on in Destin. I know uh, Billy Napier was asked about Kirby and Mark Richt, and he said, or not Mark Richt, uh, uh, I got this totally wrong, Jimbo mm-hmm. and Nick, and uh, Billy Napier already well-schooled in the meet. I think he said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting involved in all that. Like, I mean, they, they said, Billy, man, how you feel like I make seven point one million? I, I, ain't about <laughs> I don't care what they say. <laughs> they can be as mad. Listen, as- listen, listen. Before I get, before I got on the private jet, I mean, it was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and once they had my favorite drink on the private jet, yeah, you know, I said to myself, I'm good. Like, as I call, I called my lady when we was thirty thousand square feet, saying, "Baby, we made it." <laughs> <laughs> Kirby Smart, uh, we'll talk about Kirby Smart. He yeah. sounded off at the uh, uh, SEC meetings there in Destin as well. And uh, we'll get to that in, in hour number two. Also, Rodney Hinnon, top of the final hour, Georgia Southern head baseball coach, will join us. But, Ben, let's take three, shall we, on this Tuesday on three and out. All right, take one. Warriors v. Celtics, the NBA Finals. Who will be the MVP? Now, for my money, I'm asking I, you to look into the future. Yeah, yeah, okay. For me, I, I think it has to be Steph. Now, let me let me let me say this the right. Steph Curry has done it all, right, Kevin? He's done it all. Three time, uh, three time Finals champion. Won three Finals. So we got three rings. I think back to back. I think our two two uh, two regular seasons. I think it was a unanimous MVP. Like got every vote. The greatest shooter we've ever seen, right? One thing he doesn't have on his resume is a Finals MVP. That would be Andre Iguodala, and that would be uh, Kevin Durant in back-to-back years. I'm not saying if he doesn't get it, his legacy is going to be tarnished. I'm just, Kevin, you know we live in a world of buts. Oh, whatever, but he didn't do this. He didn't do that. Steph Curry has done it all. He's won the three-point contest. Revolutionized how we look at shooting the basketball with guys like Reggie Miller and Ray Allen, right? And I just think that when you think about a guy like Steph Curry – he is the LeBron James of his era. He is not LeBron, but of his era, yes, he is. And I think that for me, I just think that when you look at so many stars, I mean, Clay, you know, Tatum, Brown, Marcus Smart, uh, Draymond, Al Horford, the prestige that is the, that of the Celtics versus, you know, the only legacy we know of the Warriors is, is by Steph and company. I just think for me it's going to be Steph Curry because I think when all the stars align, I think Steph can still take his game to another level. Why? Because he doesn't dunk. He doesn't play above the rim. I'm a shooter, people. Steph Durant, I mean Steph Durant. Steph Curry looks and plays the same. I look like, man, he don't look like he ain't banging down low. Nope. <laughs> I'm, out, I'm out there on that arc just <laughs> living and dying with it. So for me, Kevin, I think it's going to be Steph Curry because I think that's what it is. That's what it is about the finals to me. Michael Jordan was still the best player no matter all six finals. LeBron James, he didn't win every finals he was in. And the team, he was still the best player on the court regardless of if he won or lost. Kobe, even now obviously he was becoming that player, but when he had Shaq, you could see it coming. It, even when he had Shaq for those back-to-back-to-back. So for me, I think it's going to be Steph Curry because, like I said, you know, when you put them all out, the young players, older players, Season players, veteran players. I just think Steph just has that class about him, man, that cachet about him. That's just different, man. I want to I see the little shoulders. 
You know, he got his little, you know, I want to, I don't know, I don't know why the hell he got the freaking mouthpiece. He chew on it all freaking game. I mean, but give me number 30, Steph Curry. Yeah, I, I think Jason Tatum might be Whoa, ready ready yeah, well, for it for that. Yeah, yeah. you talk about a rise yeah. in stature, and, 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 and he's been to. I think Steph, I think uh, Jason Tatum has been to like three or four Easy Conference Finals already since he's been yeah. in the NBA. But I mean, you talk about raising a legacy. Yes, right? it's it's part of when you do it. Like Giannis raised his legacy. Yeah. by winning it. But you you win an MVP and win a championship with the Boston Celtics. I mean, iconic. that's next off. It's like, Co- it's like Kobe with the Lakers. Like, iconic. same thing with Shaq. Iconic. You're a great player. You win it with the L.A. Lakers? Come on. That's, that's next up. So, that's yeah, so I, I think, uh, you know, Jason Tatum, I think that's a guy that has a chance yeah. to really rewrite that legacy. So, I'm going to go with him before we even Oh, Jay Tatum, nice. Got I, into I, 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 can't, I can't disagree with you. Jay Tatum was nice. All right, moving on, Ben. Take two. Very simply, are you worried about the Braves? No. I'm concerned. But I'm not worried. <laughs> tell you why. I'm gonna tell you the difference right here. Word, word is worry is you know something. I'm something down the line. Something like oh man, I'm worried they're not gonna they're not gonna figure it out. Concern is for the current day. I am concerned because I think they're pressing. And 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 like I said, look, I've never for, for those people that are going to go through the track record. I won a pop won a championship when I was seven or nine, and I won an SEC championship when I was eighteen. It was it was a little dim before and after, <laughs> right? So y'all want to check my track record? There it is. But all I know is I don't know what it's like to be a defending anything. But I can tell you, you cannot press. Like the thing about this Braves team is, Kevin. You know they do weird stuff, like Ron Lacuna Jr. singing in the dugout, or <laughs> you know, you know Albies and, and company. Just like to me, they're not. They're they're a team of personalities. And I think what happens is I don't want the Braves. Listen, I love Freddie Free. I love guys like Mark Cakes and company. I don't want the Braves to become that. I don't want them, we're just going to work. The, no, they have fun. When Kung Fu Panda was there with the freaking <laughs> panda hat, like, that's them. That's them. And I think that they can still play baseball. With all the personality, with all, all the antics, they can still play baseball. I think that, like you said earlier, Marcel, he doesn't need to be in the outfield. Like, that takes away his confidence because what I excel at on the plate, man. I'm, I'm, I'm the, I am, I'm, I'm not saying he's on the player, but he's saying, please God, don't hit it to me <laughs> because it I think a lot of people are saying exactly. don't hit it to please. him. So I think that for me, it's just being concerned about the fact that that they're pressing, they're trying to do too much. They're still a really, really good ball club, dealing with injuries, dealing with you know guys going in and out of slump. So for me, I'm just concerned with the fact that they're getting too business like. On a team that's more like to have fun, like to be free flowing, like to go out there and have fun, and try to win some ball games. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried. As I said, I'll just reiterate what I said at the beginning of the show. You're nine and a half behind the Mets. That's not good. I'm not here to say, hey, that's awesome. What I will say is, you are in a stretch playing bad teams. I think so far you've won, and the Mets have won, and you've lost, and the Mets have still won, and that has uh, kind of hurt you a little bit. But you got Arizona, you got Colorado, you got the Pirates, you got. The Cubs. You have some teams that you should be able to beat and win and win series. The Braves so far during this stretch, we talked about it from May 20th to June 20th. That was a stretch. So far, they've been winning series and splitting series. The Mets are about to enter a stretch starting on Thursday where they play the Dodgers, the Padres, the Angels, the Brewers, and the Astros. That's five really good teams. 
That all happens while the Braves are playing the Pirates and teams like that. Got to take advantage of it. If you get to the end of that stretch, which I think the last, it's a two-gamer against Houston, and on June 22nd or 23rd, you're still eight, nine games out, i.e. you've made up no ground over this stretch of games against bad sub-500 teams, then I would say, yes, something has got to change. And some things I think got to change is, look, Braves, let Ronald Acuna play on turf. I understand. He tore his knee up in Miami, and you're like, natural grass or nothing. And that's why he DHs and doesn't play the field. But come on, man. Like, that is a big piece of your team, not just at the plate, but in the field. You put him and Michael Harris out there, you are vastly better defensively than without those guys. And I think he's going to play tonight in Arizona, and that'll be one of the first times I think we've seen him on artificial turf uh, is tonight. But I think if you're the Braves, I get the, the tendency to – want to err on the side of caution with Ronald Acuna. But I think at some point, you have to look at it and say, is he healthy enough to play? If that answer is yes, play him. And I know you say, well, we're worried about long-term. Is he injured now? Because I think sometimes, Ben, we look at stuff and we say, well, we don't want to play too much because, you know, down the road, he might get injured. Well, I mean, you can play that game forever. Steven Strasburg. One of the best seasons going. And they sat him and waited because they didn't want to put it off for down the road. And what happened? It took them forever to get back into a situation where they could win a World Series. Now, it was with Strasburg, but the point being, they passed on a chance for something down the road that didn't come for five or six years later. So I, I look at the Braves, and I sometimes look at sports fans, and tell me if I'm wrong, if I'm just being like, hey, you're a fan being selfish. But I think sometimes in sports, when you start saying, we want to protect against injury, well, there's only two ways to do that, and that is or one way to do that, and that is to not play. Mm-hmm. And if you're healthy, there's no reason for you to not play. Because mm-hmm. you get that with, you know, football. Hey, we want to take guys out. We don't want guys to get hurt. Well, if you're telling them don't get hurt and not play hard, that's when they get hurt. You know, so I think let Ronald Acuna go out there and play if he is fully recovered. If not, then maybe you shouldn't have brought him back so early. That, that's all I'm saying. Let him get fully recovered. But if he's able to play, because then I'm no expert. But when I watch Ronald Acuna play baseball, it sure looks like he's going full out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, full, so if, if he's able to do that, let him play. That that's what I that's my little soapbox. Well, hold on, uh, hold on for the break. But, but I want to address something you said. When, I, I don't I don't like when um I don't like when 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 managers and and uh, you know uh, GM start saying we. You're not speaking for the team. You're speaking for the these these uh you know. These closed door conversations. You're doing what's best for the player, and I get it. It's the job of them to do what's best for the player, but baseball is a game of rhythm. I can't get in the rhythm playing this game. I can't play. I, I'm a baseball. Whoa, whoa, I almost said something crazy. <laughs> I'm a everyday baseball player. Yeah. I'm not a starting pitcher, and, and 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 people go. That's another reason why pitchers get hurt a lot because they're throwing 100 miles an hour every five days, and sometimes. That shoulder gets out of whack. With a guy like Ron Lacuna Jr., he's definitely a rhythm guy because I think he might be overcompensating. Am I going extra hard because I know I might not play for the next two games? I'm like you, Kevin. Look, I'm not with this. All of a sudden, we can see into the future. So if he doesn't play, he's not going to get hurt for the future. But you won't play him in the present? Well, he's got to be ready for the future in the present. you got to play him because he got to get in yeah. his rhythm. So I, I, I've i never understood the whole we thing when they, quote, doing what's best. No, yeah. He's a superstar player. Just call it what it is. Yeah, 100%. I 100% agree with you. All right, Ben, take three here. 
And I have to do it because I, I'm, just, I'm, I, I'm, I'm very interested just to get your thought. Yeah. So Christian has got us on the thing, and I've kind of started doing it just because you get some interesting reactions from, from time to time. Today is National Autonomous Vehicle Day, i.e. the cars that can drive themselves. If for those of you who are like, what's an autonomous vehicle? It uses yeah. GPS. It can drive. I guess you type in where you want to go. It drives itself. Yep. They're working on it. Would you let the car drive? Yes. You would? Now, ho, ho, ho. I'm I'm, I'm surprised. I I, I thought you'd have been like, absolutely not. Hold on. Let me put this in the context, though. Not all the time. Like, not all the time. Kevin, this is one of those. Kevin, listen, you're a baseball dad. I'm a soccer dad. There are times when I am AKA tired as hell. I am tired, (laughs) right? But, because this is the thing, Kevin. And dad always has to drive. Dog days of summer. Listen, we get the dog days of spring and the dog days of summer. Great game. Woo! Got to go home. Woo! And I am woo. Now, whatever, however long it's take to get home, just add another hour. We're not going fast. That AC gets to blow and you're like, I'm going to say, listen, I'm going to put it in. Now, 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 I got to say this. We can't be, now, if it's five, six hours away, no, 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 no. We're talking about an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Now, but once again, so I'm you're only put, willing to trust it for so far? Oh yeah, yeah, Kevin. Because my and, and mind you, mind okay, you, I'm just making mind sure. you though, mind you now. My car got my car my car got to have a back roads like thing. Boop, boop, we ain't on the main highways now. My <laughs> car got to know I uh, turn left right here, but it said turn right here. So certain situations, yeah, certain situations, yes. Now because certain times, and Kevin, it's a flex. You know, sometimes like if if we gotta go, you know, 45 minutes. You be like, Ben, what are you doing? No, just get in the back. Why? You know what I'm saying? You know, you know, you know, it's like, you know, take, you know, take us to the stadium. Be like, what are you taking us to the stadium? Now, my but 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 you know me, Kevin. I'm a driver, I'm personal love to drive. All day, every day? No. This is what self-driving cars are really for. This is what they're really for. Let's be honest. Some of us have, you know, grandparents and older parents, right? And sometimes we want to get them places, right? And they're stubborn people. Get in the back, and I'm gonna need you to get over here. Other than that, you know, I'm not the because this, this is my thing. Now I will say this: this might be a little. Just say you run a light, whoop, 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 and you can jump in the back. <laughs> Car <laughs> the did it, not me. <laughs> the police, like, sir, you was it? Talk to the driver. What? Talk to the driver. But no, but but. Sometimes I, I gotta say I'm ex- I'm su- I am surprised by your answer. No, I, no, 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 no. Sometimes, some, sometimes, yes. But Kevin, I don't know, Kevin, I would have to, I would have to get you one, Kevin. No, like, I, I thought you would be a no, hard no, no, no on that. Because the minutes ago, now I will say this to those of us that got to be in two places at once, and we can't. AKA, our children got to be over there. Children got to be over there. Would you trust the car <laughs> to go pick them up? To go pick them up, <laughs> only because, because it's the thing. People go, well, Ben, what if they use voice activation? No, 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 no. They voices don't sound like, they're definitely going to say, my dad said, your dad said you cannot drive the car. Get in the back. <laughs> Get your behind in the back. No, no, no. I, I, I do think it's a flex to have, but, I, but I'm a person that wants to drive more. So, yeah. so listen, 80, 80% of the time, 85% of the time, no. 15% of the time, yes, depending on the situation. See, I, I, I understand that, like, hey, it's a long drive. I don't want to. I want to go, but I. I would not trust it to go to sleep. Like I. Like I would not want to go to sleep. I'd be like this thing because you ever driven. You ever driven some back Georgia country yeah, highway? Yeah, yeah. And you try to look on your phone. It's like lost signal. Like how's the car know to adjust for that? That's all I'm saying. 
So, look, I think autonomous vehicles, autonomous vehicles, whatever, are cool. Hey, they drive themselves, don't need a driver. I wouldn't trust it. I would not let the car drive me, period. You want to hear something really weird? And my wife thinks I'm weird for doing this. I do not use cruise control. I have cruise control in my vehicle. My wife has cruise control in her car. When we go on trips, she's like, why won't you set the cruise? I'm like, don't like it. Feel like I'm out of control of the vehicle. Well, if I feel like I'm out of control on cruise, Come on. what in the world am I going to do Come when on. I don't even have my hands on the steering wheel? And little computer goes, get your hands off the wheel. Now, I will say, when you start talking about these type of cars, we have to be able to design them. We, meaning, I need big, thick tires. <laughs> Because the roads ain't built for these for these tires no more, like the potholder. And at the same time, right? You know, like you say, Kevin, it's like uh. I'm too I'm too paranoid when it comes to stuff. Because, like I said, for those you ain't had to drive when you t- listen, I'm tired and heat don't mix, people. And you've been out <laughs> in there heating that sun all day. And I was saying, and this is the thing, Kevin. I don't know if you have experienced this. You and the missus and the kids in the car. All right, y'all buckle up. And the last time you hit a click, that's the last thing you're gonna hear. <laughs> Everybody's out. <laughs> it's like driving by yourself. I'm like, uh, I need y'all help. Yep. Uh, you know, can y'all help me out? You look at them. Because like you said, Kevin, they under that AC. Yeah. My wife's done that to me several times. <laughs> we were, uh, we were. Uh, I, I distinctly remember one time we were, uh, you know, visiting her parents who lived a couple hours away. And on the way, we were getting in the car on the way back. I said, hey, I'm kind of tired. You know, we left a little later than I thought we were going to. I said, can you stay up and just talk so I can, you know, keep, uh, keep the brain stimulated and we can drive. And she goes, yeah, that's no problem. I'm good. Then I keep, we aren't five <laughs> minutes down the road. I was like, <laughs> and then she, no, then, then has the, I hope she's listening right now. Then, cause she knows it's true. Then has the audacity to wake up 20 minutes from the house and say, you good? You need me to drive? I'm like, well, she, she, she hit you with the, she hit you with at the end. Yeah. Like, would you like me to pull it over by the driveway and you just no, 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 man. Look, I mean, no, I, got, I got, I got two minutes, man. When I, when I, I, <laughs> I had, I, I used to have a car full of kids with me. I had a bunch of them heading to my sister's house one time, and uh, you know, Bambi, Bambi tried me. Bambi jumped out there too early. <laughs> Boom! They hit Bambi right here on the side of the road. Listen now, I hit it. Bam! So I got to pull over, look at the damage. It ain't too bad. I kind of messed up my life a little bit. Whatever. Kevin, I get in the car. I'm, I'm looking to make sure. Listen, cause they were sleep. This is how you know these cars are just the truth. I look in the back, sleep. I done, I done pulled a car over. I done got out, checked on Bambi gone. Bambi went to Bambi heaven. He's, he's out of here. Take off do, do you know we get to my sister's house and they go, Daddy, drop it to your light. <laughs> that would be hit a, hit a deer. Yeah. You hit a deer? Does the, yeah. Do the autonomous vehicles know when a deer runs out in the middle of the road? No. No, no, I'm not, saying, like, does it? I don't know. I don't I know. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's almost like. Or is it just full speed ahead? Boom! Just keep going. Just keep going. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like it's almost like. Yeah, I'm just saying, man. Like, I, it, it sounds too good to be true, but this was gonna happen, Kevin. Listen, we'll we'll just have to, you know, we have to get one for the station, and test it out with that. Just going. I'll back let you. I will let y'all test drive it first. I've, I, I again, I don't like being out of control. It's, it's, I, I I wouldn't sit there. It'd feel weird sitting behind the seat, and the car's just going, and I'm just sitting there like. Not touch it. Like I can't do that. Well, maybe that's what it is, Kevin. Maybe you're driving something, right? And maybe you go, "Hey, man, give me twenty minutes." They go, and, it, and you're right there, and it's doing it. Yeah, you sitting there like it's. Because uh. in a sense, though, that ain't gonna work either. Because if I say give me twenty, yeah. <laughs> what is it? What does <laughs> it drive? What is it? Dri- what if it drives worse than I do? It might do though. Like, like what? If, well, yeah. What if they? What if they give you the car and you have to drive it for a month so we can see how you drive and it's adjusting <laughs> well, to you? Well, there'd be a lot of people uh, that would not be allowed. Be a bunch, oh, but you're on the side of the road. Yeah. 
Oh There'd be God. a lot of people be like, sir, you are not allowed to have the autonomous vehicle package because, well, we've seen how you drive, car, and I quite frankly, got the road rage package. <laughs> <laughs> now that, now that would be good. Yes, I, I would take the road rage package. That's take three. We do it every day at this time. We're coming back. France Beer going to join us. We're talking uh, SEC meetings in Destin, Florida, hosting a regional there against Central Michigan, Liberty, Oklahoma, as college baseball gets underway with the tournament this weekend. It's three and out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here, three and out on this Tuesday. Kevin and Ben and SEC meetings going on in Destin. Also, uh, college baseball getting down to the regionals. Uh, Georgia Southern, number 16 seed. They're hosting a regional. Florida, number 13, hosting a uh, regional as well for baseball. Joining us here from Gator Bait, France Beer joins us here on three and out. France, welcome to three and out. How are you? Uh, it's another lovely day here in paradise, although our sunshine is coming in the liquid variety at the moment. <laughs> and again, hey, baseball, though, hopefully it'll clear out by this weekend. Florida finishing off a, a good year, coming up short to Tennessee in the final, but hosting a regional against uh, Central Michigan, Liberty, Oklahoma. Franz, you saw this team. How good was the SEC this year, and how good is this Florida team? Well, this Florida team is the team nobody really wants to play because they got hot at the right time, and it took a lot of patience on the part of Kevin O'Sullivan because – he had uh, to kids. You know that Florida doesn't have a single pitcher on the team that is more than a sophomore. They've and they've only got three of those. Everybody else is a freshman. And when Barco, when Hunter Barco went down, that was their only experienced pitcher. So it took a while for the kids to figure it out. Uh, and, and here's where the problem is: you get kids at this level, and they're used to being in high school where, okay, I'm behind 2-0, and I'll just throw them three fastballs and blow them away. Well, you try that in college, and you try three fastballs in a row, and guess what happens? You're, watching, you know, you're getting whiplash while you're watching the ball go out, out over the fence somewhere. And it took a while for them to figure that out. And give Kevin a lot of patience. He's a guy that's been here at Florida, won an awful lot of ball games, been to the – College World Series several, several times, won it all. He uh, knows what it takes and knows how to be patient with them. So he's patient with the kids. The bats are really good. Uh, Wyatt Lankford. Wyatt Lankford is, at worst, the second-best player in the entire SEC. I mean, and, and I'm not exaggerating when I say that. He really is. Uh, you look at what he's done. He's hitting 363, 23 homers, 60 RBIs. Uh, he's played left field. And this is a guy that caught and played first base all his life. Now he's playing left field and proving to be one of the best left fielders in all of college baseball. Great. He's turned into be an outstanding defensive player who uh, not only can go forward and get the ball, but go back on the ball and then knows where to throw it to the right base all the time. So it's a really good Florida team, and it's the kind of team that, uh, that a lot of people don't want to mess with. Uh, and it sees the best team in the league, probably the best team in the country right now. Um, I got asked today on another show, is this the greatest uh, college baseball team of all time by Tennessee? And I said, well, I said, you know, let them win a national championship, then maybe we can talk about it. But uh, if we recall, in 2015, Florida went to the College World Series with a team that uh, ended up losing in the semifinals. 
And on that team, we only had 12, major, 12 guys who are now in the major leagues, four, five guys that are now in AAA, and one guy who's in AA. So that was a pretty good ball club. So I don't know that Tennessee's got 19 guys that are going make it, to make it to AA or higher. Or I don't know if they got 12 guys that are going to make it to the big leagues. They got several, but they're a really good team. They're the best team this year. I'm not going to say they're the best of all time, but they're the best team this year by far. And uh, But, you know, get some of the guys, you get in these short series and you only have to get in the loser's bracket one time and then crawling your way out of the loser's bracket is a tough, tough thing. And, friends, I mean, uh, Florida obviously hosting the regional. How, how important is it to host a regional, especially for a team like Florida? Come up, as Kevin mentioned, come up a little bit short against Tennessee, but very, very good. And as you keep mentioning, they seem to be the team that nobody wants to play right now. Well, playing at home is always a good thing. You're, you know, Ben, it's kind of like in football. You played for the Gators. Uh, you just play a little bit better when you sleep in your own bed. You just play a little bit better when you – when you eat your own food, you know, that you're used to eating and stuff like that. And hanging around with your own teammates, you know, and not just getting out of a hotel room and then going to some converted ballroom where there's, they got a buffet, breakfast buffet up that somebody else cooked. Um, sleeping, you know, how many, how many road trips did you make that you thought, my gosh, how is it that we got this, this hotel with the worst beds in the world? I bet there were more than more than three or four of them, weren't there? And you just sleep better, you know better, and you know you got your own fans, you got your own friends and family going to be there and everything. It's just better to host it. And because here's the thing, Ben, you get that momentum, you win your regional, and you get that momentum. More importantly, you get that confidence going into the next level because that next level is two out of three, and you're thinking to yourself. You know, I all I got to do is beat these people twice, and I'm going to Omaha. The whole mindset changes when you when you win the regional, and playing at home, given that having that home field advantage, I think is is a very very important thing. Fans, Beard joining us here on Three and Out, Fran. Also going on this week, got those SEC meetings. Obviously, everybody tried to. Uh, get the uh, the coaches to weigh in on Jimbo and Nick, but what do you think comes out of there? A lot of talk about transfer portal stuff and, uh, uh, you know, future scheduling. How do, you, how do you see that shaping up, if anything, out of those meetings this week? I think the important thing, that the single most important thing that's going to happen, and it doesn't have anything to do with Jimbo and Nick. In fact, I guarantee you this, Greg Sankey privately is giggling till his till his sides hurt because of this, because guess what? It guarantees that on October 8th, the largest college football TV audience maybe in the last 15 years will be tuning in to a, to a ball game that's not even midseason. That game is guaranteed to be an absolute positive big-time sellout. He's giggling about that, but Nick and Jimbo are the sideshow. The main event is one that we may not hear much about, which is going to be Greg Sankey is going to come out of there with the 14 presidents and athletic directors, plus probably Texas athletic director and president and Oklahoma's 
uh, president and athletic director are probably there since they're coming in. Now, they won't get a vote on this, but they're going to have a say in this. And what they're going to do is they're going to give Greg Sankey their blessing. You do what you got to do to keep us on top. I think the the one thing that we may see announced is I think they will say that when Texas and Oklahoma join the league, we will go from an an unsustainable bad eight game divisional format to to where everybody has three permanent opponents and you play you got the, you play six games against the other guys and with that with those other six guys okay I play let's say. Let's say I got on my schedule, I got Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt. Okay, let's just say I got those six. Well, I play them home and home. Well, guess what happens after that? Then I play another, the other six teams home and home that aren't on my permanent three. So every four years, you're going to be guaranteed home and home. You think about this for a school like Florida. Every four years... Florida is going to play Oklahoma and Texas home and home. They're going to play, you know, Georgia is going to play Oklahoma and Texas home and home. Georgia is going to play Alabama home and home every four years. That's a powerful, powerful thing. And you know who's going to really benefit from this? ABC, ESPN. And the SEC network, because they're going to have great games guaranteed because of this. If you're, in, if you, I'll ask you guys, put yourself in the in the chair of of the CEO of ESPN, and you know now that you're going to get games like this. You're going to have Oklahoma and Alabama, uh, Texas and Georgia, Florida and Oklahoma. You know you're going to get all these games every single year. You're going to have games like this. And that is, that is for, the, for a network exec, that's paradise. But think about the fans, too. What do you think about that, guys? I mean, it's pretty freaking epic. I mean, I, th- I think what happens is, and when you think about friends, uh, I mean, the, the, those networks that you mentioned, of course they're going, to be, they're going to be just going crazy when you look at, like you mentioned, Georgia, home and home, Oklahoma, Texas, Florida, home and home, with Georgia, I mean, Oklahoma, Texas, Alabama, home and home with Georgia. I just think that when you when you look at, I think it begs the biggest question. Greg Sankey is not arguably he is the most powerful person in college athletics right now. Do you see the SEC staying with the NCAA once they add Texas and Oklahoma, or do they or do they stick with the NCAA and hopefully force uh, more teams in the college football play college football playoff? What I think will happen in 2025 is I think that college football will break away from the NCAA, and I think they'll just tell the NCAA from this point on that I think they'll just tell them from this point on that this is the way it'll be. You run the events it's like the basketball tournament, etc., like that. The NCAA does a great job running these things. What they don't do a great job of, if, for example, is enforcing the rules, et cetera, like that. They don't. I think that if you take football out of the equation,
Did we lose Franz? Are you there? I think we may have I think we may have lost him. We'll step aside. We ran away. We had some great stuff there. We'll come back with more three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here on Three and Out. We have uh, reconnected with uh, Franz Beard. And Franz, uh, wanted to get, let you finish making your point there. We were talking about, the, you know, uh, Greg Sankey becoming the most powerful guy in, in college football and kind of where that leads us to. Well, here's the, here's the thing is that Greg, Sank, Greg Sankey holds the key to, to all the kingdoms, okay? Let's just put it that way. Um, the SEC is the most powerful conference. You can have a national championship format playoff without the ACC. We've done it a bunch of times. Without the Big 12, we've done that a bunch of times. Without the Pac-12, we've done that a bunch of times. And even without the, the Big 10, we've done that before. Not as frequently as some of these other conferences, but we've done it. What can't you do? That, what can you not do the national championship playoff with? You can't do it without the SEC. He knows that. They know that. The contract with the college football playoff expires in 2025. At that point in time, Greg Sankey can go his own way, do his own thing. And then believe me, that scares the ever-loving hell out of all these other conferences because he could then do like an SEC invitational at the end of the year. And guess what? Uh, who's going to stop them from having an SEC invitational? Uh, you don't think that, that ESPN would gobble that up? You don't think that somebody like, you know, big-time advertiser like Anheuser-Busch or, or you know, Bud Light or, or, uh, or AT&T or Verizon or somebody like that? You don't think they would jump on that in a heartbeat and have that? And then they can, the SEC can invite whoever they want. And that scares the, uh, the, the almost competitive conference. That scares the LAC-12. That scares the Big Ten plus four. They can't do the math. There's 14 of them, not 10. So, anyway, he's the most powerful guy. He can do what he wants. They know that he can do what he wants. And he's coming out of these spring meetings with a mandate from the president to keep us on top. He's going to do it. Friends Beard, Gator Bait uh, joining us here on 3 Out. Friends, really appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Friends Beard joining us here on 3 and Out from, uh, from Gator Bait and those SEC meetings. And Destin Ben, as he said, what are what is the messaging coming out? And as he said, Greg Sankey come out and say, hey, look, we're going to give you three. You're going to play six. I think a lot of people are coming around to that. Six every other year or every two years, Ben, gives you home and home with everybody in the conference. Over the course of four years, you can then go to recruits and say, you're going to play everybody in the conference twice if you stay for four years, and you will go to every school. You will visit every stadium in the SEC at least once while you are here. Uh, in the SEC, I think that's big. Uh, if the, if that's what comes out, we haven't seen that. But again, uh, at the end of the day, I think what he said at the end is probably the most important thing. Is that the climate that we are in, the SEC can do whatever it wants. Quite frankly, I mean, it, it, people are like, oh, 
But literally, as he said, if they want to do their own playoff, everybody knows they could do it. Or have an SEC Invitational. They, mm-hmm. Everybody knows they could do it. Mm-hmm. And who's turning it down? Nobody. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if the SEC said, we're going to 20 teams, Greg Sankey would have to install 17 more phone lines at the SEC offices because people wouldn't be able to call fast enough to say, can we get one of those? I, and so, Ben, I think that's what people see coming down the line when they say, could there be a split? Could there be some of these things happening? Because the money is too great and it's not enough probably in some of these other conferences long-term to, to, to keep up with what's happening there with Greg Sankey and the SEC. If you if you did not want the SEC to understand its, its bargaining power, if you did not want the SEC to understand how influential it was, you shouldn't have let it be marketing and branding the way it is. You know what I mean? The people already think that the SEC you know, owns a part of ESPN. They say, <laughs> oh, man, they always – well, Kevin, think about this. What is, SEC, what, is e, what is ESPN and SEC all about? Games and programming. Are there better games on there? No. Is there a better program? Like you just said, think about it. Mm. George, Alabama, a lot of eyes. Texas A&M, Texas A&M, Florida, a lot of eyes. LSU, Texas, lot of, got a lot of eyes a couple of years ago when that, when that 2019 uh, LSU team went to Texas and was a really, really good game. I think that what Greg Sankey is saying to himself is he goes, look, are we going to go for this or not? Like, because once we make a decision, this is what the future is going to look like. So if we're going to stick with the NCAA – we gotta, we gotta put out. Listen, we gotta draw a line in the sand. Is this what it is? Because Kevin, you know, there will be no going back. Once you say we're breaking off, ain't no can we? No, no, no. And you're not getting the invite and, back. And, yeah. and, the, and I think, and I think sometimes, right? You start talking about these platforms' ability. I mean, it looks easy to do to just jump out there by yourself, but the NCAA has been there for a reason. You might want to hang on to them as long as you can. Again, we'll keep an eye on these meetings this week in Destin, see what kind of the big talking points are that are coming out. But uh, the day one stuff, everybody's got to talk about Jimbo and Nick. We'll come back. More to come. It's 3 and Out Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here on this Tuesday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you are with us. Braves and Diamondbacks coming up late tonight, 825. We'll have a pregame coverage. That would be a 940 first pitch here this evening. So a little bit of late-night baseball uh, for you coming up as the Braves out west in Arizona, trying to make up some ground. They're nine and a half out of first place in the Mets. They are in second in the east, but nine and a half out. Trailing the Mets, trying to keep playing some good baseball. Ronald Acuna is out there tonight, and Marcelo Zuna is going to be your DH so that he cannot misplay any more balls out there in in, in left field. So hopefully Braves get it going uh, tonight, Ben, and he can put one back in the win column, try to slice into that lead of the New York Mets. Kevin, at the end of the day, you know, like I always say, when it comes to these Braves, it's going to come down to how comfortable they can be, you know, when they out there, like, not just on the field, not just, you know, on the field, but when they're in the dugout, they got to be loose. They got to play loose. They got to have fun. Because no matter what, these last four years, they're, they're not just fun to watch. They're fun to watch with the personalities. And the farther away they get from that, it's just, I don't want to hear this blue collar. Uh-uh, nope. I don't, want the, I don't want the personality of the team to be that of Snit. I love, I love Snit right now, but uh-uh. Snit has this. Don't ask me no questions. I know you got to ask me questions. Now go ahead so I can get it over with. Give me personality. Give me life. Give me a little juice. But, Kevin, until you come in going, oh, something. my God, I, I think I'll be fine. <laughs> I'll be fine. Hey, they need a little something. There's no question they could use We keep saying, hey, we found a spark. I do think there is some quiet momentum. They've won series. They've won series. Uh, they haven't lost a series in three or four 
uh, series now. So I think they're starting to get some quiet momentum. We'll see if it carries over. We'll get to some baseball talk. Rodney Hinnon, head baseball coach at Georgia Southern University, going to join us. They're hosting a regional. He'll join us in the final hour. Also talk some SEC meetings from Destin here on 3 and Out. Good to have you along here on 3 and Out. Kevin Thomas and Ben Troop, thanks for joining us here in the final hour of the program. Coming up this weekend, going to be a big time in Statesboro as the Eagles set to host a baseball regional for the first time. Notre Dame, Texas Tech, UNC, Greensboro all coming in to Statesboro. And Ben joining us here on the show here, the top of hour number three, the head baseball coach of the Georgia Southern Eagles, 40-18 and 18 on the season. Rodney Hennon joins us. Coach, welcome. How are you? Oh, doing great. Doing great. Hope you guys are doing well. I appreciate y'all having me on. Hey, we appreciate you taking some time and uh, and joining us. I know you've been doing it a long time in Statesboro. How special is this group of guys to uh, to keep fighting and get you guys a, a regional there in Statesboro? Well, you know, y- yesterday was a special day for our program and, and certainly for this group of kids this year. Um, you know, I, I can't say enough about this group of, of young men. Um, you know, it's just been a joy to coach these guys every day. Um, you know, kind of the the hallmark, I guess, of, of this group, this team, is, is they show up every day ready to work. Um, they play hard and compete for, for nine innings, more than that, if that's what it takes, uh, every day. And, you know, I think people that have followed us this year, you know, have, have enjoyed, uh, you know, the way these guys play the game. And, you know, they've worked awful hard to put ourselves in this position and, you know, this time of the year, this is where you want to be. You just want to have an opportunity to play your way to Omaha. And, and beginning Friday, you know, we'll get that opportunity. And the fact that we're able to do it here uh, in Statesboro and in front of our fans, uh, that's pretty special. Coach, winning 40 games is not something that happens every day in baseball, especially in college baseball. Talk about the ebbs and flows of the season. I obviously topped it off with the hosting the regional, but you talk about how your guys just come to work, ready to work every day, but – 40 wins, that's a great testament to, you know, the hard work and dedication these guys put in the season. Yeah, no no question. I mean, the college season is a grind. Um, you know, you, you're talking 56 games and, you know, the, the, the travel and, and these guys obviously balancing uh, the demands of, of academics and, and, uh, and the season itself. And, uh, you know, we, we try to play a competitive schedule every year. Um, our, our league is very good. Um, you know, I think uh, testament to that is the fact that we've got four teams in the regionals uh, this year, and, and our league is only going to continue to get better uh, with some of the additions uh, that will begin next year. Uh, and, and, again, outside the league, we always try to play a tough schedule. I, I think that prepares you for league play and, and also, also think it gives you an opportunity to build a resume. And, and this year for us, uh, I think it helped, one, the strength of our league. And, and also uh, teams in our state uh, had good seasons. And uh, we had a strong RPI. But, you know, again, the key is, um, you know, being, being able to show up ready to play every day and, and being able, you know, when you get knocked down, uh, being able to get back up. And, and that's one thing this team has done a great job of this year. You know, when we've dropped some tough games here or there, you know, they've been able to turn the page and, and 
you know, and, and, and bounce back. It's a very resilient group, and, um, you know, we were able to win, win 40 games against, uh, you know, one of the more competitive schedules that we've played. Rodney Hennon, Georgia Southern head baseball coach, joining us here on 3 and Out. And was there a moment during the season where you thought, man, we're pretty good. Uh, we, we're we're going to have a good chance to make the, uh, the NCAA tournament. And was there another moment where you thought, we might actually have a chance to stay at home uh, in Statesboro at the at the end of the day. Do you do you remember a specific moment in the season where you thought, "Hey, some of this stuff might be in the cards for us"? Well, you, you know, I'm always real careful. Uh, you don't want to get ahead of yourself too much. This game will humble you uh, in, in a hurry. Um, but yeah, you know, I did sense that that we had a chance to do some special things uh, this year. You know, we, we went through a lot of adversity early in the season. Um, you know, we opened up uh, in, in Knoxville, and, and, you know, if if you would have told us on that bus ride home that Sunday when we left Knoxville we were going to be hosting a regional, I, I don't know how many people would have believed you at that point. But, again, I, I think that speaks to the resiliency of this team. I mean, uh, we, we came home and, and got a big win against Georgia Tech in our, in our home opener. Um, then we lost a couple of guys um, that following weekend when we played a, a really good Central Florida team here. Uh, so we're sitting there two and five uh, at at that point. But but then that's when we started. Uh, you know, we had some comeback wins not long after that. Um, I remember a home series against Miami. I think three one run games in which we came back. I think in each of those games to to win and um you know started to get a little confidence and and um you know guys uh i think started believing and, and we got on a little bit of a roll and then you know uh, we we had a really tough stretch schedule wise within our league we had back-to-back weekends on the road at louisiana and then at texas state and i think going out to san marcos and and winning two or three games against a, a really good Texas State team that won, won 26 games in our league this year. Uh, we really, I think, got some momentum heading into the second half of the season uh, at, at that point. And, uh, and again, guys just did a good job of, of just taking it one game at a time. And, you know, when we dropped a couple here or there, uh, they were able to bounce back and, and just play good, consistent baseball you know, down the stretch to, to put ourselves in this position. And, Coach, when you – I mean, you talk about the ebbs and flows of the season. What what was it like? Like, what is it like getting the call or realizing, look, we the goal is to make it to the tournament, as we know, to get to Oklahoma, Omaha. But what is it like knowing we're hosting a regional? I mean, that's very, very prestigious. I mean, a lot of teams, like, the only 64 going to make it in. to know that you're one of the hosts. Did you get the call? Did you, did you watch it on television? What was that feeling like when you got the call? Say, hey, uh, you know, uh, Notre Dame. Uh, Texas Tech, they're coming to Statesboro. Yeah, well, it's you know they're they're only sixteen host sites, so that's that's pretty special. Um, you know, to be one of those, you know, sixteen hosts, um, no no question. Uh, actually, you know, we we were on the bus, you know, heading back from Montgomery. You know, we lost a a heartbreaker uh, in the championship game to Louisiana. Um, and I, I know how bad our kids wanted to win that Sun Belt championship on Sunday, and 
and and it's strong. And 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 one thing about this group, um, they they hate to lose. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, weekend game, midweek game, or championship game, it it really hurts this group to lose. Um, and 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 so it was a pretty somber bus ride heading out of Montgomery. I, I talked to him after the game and, and just trying to pick him up. Hey, fellas, as bad as it hurts right now, you know the bigger prize is in front of us, and and we've got a lot to play for. We got to turn the page. Um, you know, but it was a pretty somber ride home, and then the announcement came out. Uh, you know, at eight thirty on Sunday night, and uh, you know it went from somber to uh, to elation and a heartbeat. Guys uh, hugging, slapping each other, high fives. Uh, so that was a nice uh, nice shot in the arm for us on Sunday night, and um, you know the guys they're they're excited about the opportunity we have in front of us this weekend. Rodney Hinn and Jordan is here, head baseball coach at Georgia Southern. Where do you feel the, the strength of your team is now heading into, into the postseason? Well, I, I think, you know, looking at the regular season, I, I mentioned it earlier, I think we, we've been a very consistent baseball team, um, and I think a lot of that starts with our defense. Um, you know, we've, we've, we've got an older group of position players, Um and, you know, we've played really good defense throughout the year. I think we're fielding 982 at the end of the regular season, which is somewhere in the top 15, top 20 in the country. Um, and our bullpen has, has, been, has been steady for us um, most of the year. And as we've played, I, I think you've seen the bats heat up, especially uh, the last month of the season, you know, down the stretch. So, uh, this is the time of the year where you want to be playing your best baseball, obviously, and, and I feel like we've got better as the season has gone along, and you know we're certainly going to need to uh, to play well this weekend. Coach, when you talk about when you talk about the personality of a team, obviously you want to be playing your best baseball going into the postseason, as you guys are. You mentioned, you know, the heartbreaker coming back, you know, from Alabama to get the news, uh, you know, on Sunday night. But is there is there is there is there a certain personality trait that you look for in a, in a player? Not necessarily like going into the postseason, but saying, "Look, you know your team better than anybody else." And obviously, being a coach, you have to read mannerisms, you have to read body language. Is there something that you see in your team to say if they're ready or not ready to play? Yeah, you know, every day you're watching guys, and and the thing about baseball, you know, we're at the ballpark three hours before start time on on a normal game day when at least when we're at home and. So you're always just observing, you know, um, guys, their mannerisms. And, um, you know, this team, I, I tell you, for me this year, uh, I've had to do very little. The best thing I've, you know, had to do is just stay out of the way. Um, again, I, I, I touched on it earlier. These guys, they, it's a very unselfish group. All they're concerned about is winning ball games. Every day they show up at the ballpark. They're not concerned about stats. They're not concerned about draft status. Uh, they're not concerned about who gets the credit. And and that's the thing that I've, as a coach, enjoyed and appreciated the most about this team. There there's a really strong leadership on this team. Um, they hold each other accountable. And and again, 
Uh, for me, I've just tried to stay out of the way, be consistent with a message throughout the year, and, and this team has just taken a lot of pride in competing every day. Um, they play they play hard. They, they play with a lot of passion, and, and I think that's one thing that our fans have really appreciated probably most about this team is just how hard they play. Coach, I want to ask you about a couple of your players, including one from uh, you know our local area out of uh, you know Savannah Christian, Jarrett Brown, and uh, hit over three hundred thirty-six RBIs for you. Talk about what he's meant uh, to your baseball team this year. Well, Jarrett, um, you know he he continues to to develop and and and, and improve. And you know I, I talked about our defense earlier. Um, you know he he's. He's as good as anyone I've ever had over there defensively at third base. Um, you know, he's rangy, covers a lot of ground. He's got great hands. He's got a strong, accurate arm. Uh, he comes in on the slow roller very well. So he's a big part of our defense, and he's continued to develop as a hitter. Uh, you mentioned hitting over 300. He's had some big hits for us uh, throughout the year, you know, broke open. Uh, the semifinal game on Saturday with a big uh, um, two-run single against Troy and actually hit a sack fly in the championship game to give us the lead, um, you know, late in the game against Louisiana. So, you know, Jarrett uh, works hard, um, you know, and, and, and again, he's he's been a big part of our success and a big part of our defense in the infield. Coach, wanted to ask you about one more aspect before we let you go ahead of the uh, the regional this weekend. And obviously, you've been around baseball long enough to know great pitching can take you a long way. How do you feel about your your pitching? Look at some of the stats. I think you got three or four guys sub three in the ER, ERA category. Ty Fisher, two eight seven as a starter for you, very impressive. How do you feel about your pitching and your your pitching depth as you get ready for the big weekend? Well, I I, I feel good going in. You know, Ty's done. Uh, done a great job for us all year. Um, you know, we, we lost him for about two weeks. Um, you know, he took, actually took a line drive off the face uh, against Central Florida, the Friday night game against UCF, and and fractured some bones in his face. And, you know, this will tell you by tie, you know, the next, the next morning, you know, the next day he's in the dugout in full uniform. Um, you know, two weeks later, he's taken the mound in our first conference series against App State, and I can't tell you what kind of impression that made on his teammates. Um, you know, just you know that toughness that he brings uh, to our team, and you know he's done a really good job in that Friday night slot, going deep for us um, in in ball games, and you know he's one of those guys whether he's got his best stuff or not has a knack for for putting you in position and giving your, giving your team a chance to win. Uh, so he'll, he'll get the ball uh, in the first game against Greensboro. And then Jay Thompson has been our go-to guy to the bullpen. Um, you know, he has the ability to, to bounce back and, and throw, you know, um, on consecutive days. And, um, you know, he's, he's kind of been our anchor and, and our leader in the bullpen and, you know, a senior in Hayden Harris is a guy that's that stepped up uh, here down the stretch for us, um, you know, and gave us a, a big outing uh, on Saturday over in Montgomery against Troy. So I, I feel good, you know, about our pitching staff. And, again, I think our bullpen has been 
has been pretty steady and, and been a strength for us this year. So, um, you know, we feel good heading in. Rodney Hinton, Georgia Southern head baseball coach, joining us here on 3 and Out. And the regional begins on Friday. Georgia Southern hosting Notre Dame, Texas Tech, and UNC Greensboro there in Statesboro. Coach, really appreciate the time. Best of luck. Thanks so much. Okay, guys. Appreciate y'all having me on. Appreciate it. Rodney Hinton joining us here, head baseball coach there at Georgia Southern. Big weekend upcoming for those Eagles and played a lot of great baseball this year. As you mentioned, they start out at Tennessee, one of the best teams in the country, 0-3. And he said nobody would have figured. And since that point, 40-15, and 15, uh, playing some great baseball there in Statesboro. We'll come back with more. It's 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. It is great to be here on this Tuesday. A lot to get to still on the program. If you missed our conversation with Jared Pinko earlier, we'll have that for you in just a little bit. It's again, big weekend in Georgia Southern. He has done a spectacular job during his time there uh, in Statesboro dealing with a number of things. But, uh, Ben, before we get to that, SEC meetings in Destin, as we talked about with Franz Beard, could have a potential what does the future schedule look like for SEC fans coming out of there this week when Texas and Oklahoma join. Uh, Kirby Smart was asked about, uh, you know, a bunch of different stuff, including transfer portal. And this is an interesting idea. I want to get your thought. He actually said, hey, I'm for two transfer windows. It can't just be, hey, it's March the 3rd. I decided I'm going in a transfer. He wants a window. I mean, we do this for other sports, right? End of basketball season. Hey, you have until this date to say you're going to the NBA draft. Now, you could say you're going and pull your name back out, but you have until this date to say you're going to the the NBA draft. I think there's a deadline for which you have to declare for the NFL draft uh, as well. And for Major League Baseball, you also have a, look, are you going in the Major League Baseball draft? If you are not, you have to stay at said organization three years or be in school three years before you can go back in. So there are some safeguards against guys who can leave, but just jumping all over the place uh, around college football. Kirby said uh, this, and again, it's just Kirby's idea. I want to make sure I say that. It's not something I think the SEC has said. But he said, look, I want two windows. The first window, you have a February 1st deadline, which is right before National Signing Day. So kind of strategic. If you are wanting to transfer inside the SEC, you have to say that. So February 1st, hey, I'm I'm, I'm transferring, I'm out. I don't know if you have to declare where you want. To me, that's a little weird. I just say, hey, before National Signing Day, let us know if you're out. Right? So we can try to recruit or whatever. And then he said a May 1st uh, uh, deadline, May 1st, if you are transferring outside the league. I don't know if I need the distinction, Ben, of inside, outside the league, but I do like, hey, two windows, there's a, a, a breaking point, and if you don't make your decision by these dates, well, you're staying, right? I mean, it's, it's, you're, you're having an option, but I think coaches want to know, what is my roster? Not that you can't go, but if two guys leave this week and then three guys leave next week, and then we get a transfer in, and two more guys leave the next week. And, and we've seen that across college athletics where it's been every couple of weeks, guys leave, leave in the middle of spring practice. I'm transferring JT Daniels before spring practice. Oh, I'm going to be here. I'm going to finish graduating, but I'm out. What do you think about Kirby's kind of proposal there? I mean, he, he make a good point. He make a good point. I, I think it's a good start. I really, really think it is. I think sometimes, too, people have to, have to start realizing that these young men have to make grown-up decisions. And, you know, they are, they are the product that is being sold to every every major you know uh you know ESPN is and and and, and uh, what have you. Sometimes Kevin, you know, you have to realize too. Look, you know, I've seen coaches decide to go to teams, don't go to the team. 
like Mel Tucker. And I'm not, I'm, you know, it's not to pick on Mel Tucker. What if I went to Colorado and Mel Tucker had a cup of coffee, and he went straight to Michigan State? What does that do to the players that he recruited? Now, I know that's a rare case, but it can't all just be on the players. Now, I do agree. You want to you, you want to set parameters for these players so you go, look, man, I know I have selfish intentions, but I also have your – I can have selfish intentions and have your best interests at heart because – I'm trying to make sure that you got somewhere to land. Because just because you're going to the transfer portal doesn't mean you're going to come out. And I like how he said, I'm going to let you. The reason why he said February 1st, well, we already had an early signing. So you kind of can see what we're doing. You can be like, how many quarterbacks they got? <laughs> right, yeah. Then he's letting you go through the spring to kind of see how you are being used. So you got you got more than one window is what, is what Kirby's saying, which I, I get that part. The thing that people got to understand when you're talking about these players is it's still very, very confusing. Because, Kevin, if I am player X, everybody wants to go, quote, big-time football. I get that part. But you're competing against a different level of scrutiny, a different level of, you know, uh, you know, a different level of pressure and different things. So Kirby is saying, look, man, my livelihood is from 17 to 22-year-olds. That is my livelihood. Problem is, I don't want a 17-year-old. I want the best 17-year-old that plays college football, unless he went to Alabama, Ohio State. <laughs> right? Cool. And I think what happens is too, it's what it says. It's like, look. But would you? But I, I do, I do, I do agree. I, I do, I do like the fact that he's starting a conversation. Sure. But I will say this too, like, you know, when it comes to these players, you know, these players are saying to themselves, "Look, man, you know, I'm at University of Georgia, and I want to play." Right. Can he also add this? If I do leave and where I go doesn't work out, do I get a chance to come back? But only one time, though. Meaning, meaning, it's like. I don't know. I think once you leave, I don't know how. I mean, well, in certain occasions, no, 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 I don't no, know how many coaches will be like, yeah, come on. Listen, no, no. I, I didn't say you welcome me back with open arms now. I, I didn't say that. The kid that left that went to Florida State and realized, well, the grass is green on this side, but this ain't even real grass. <laughs> this is turf. <laughs> So all I'm saying is, to what Kirby is trying to do is he's trying to say, look, man, college football works out best when we have rules. Like, like it, it just works out better. Because what he's really saying is, have y'all seen the transfer portal? Like, it's it's crazy right now with all these kids that's in there. Because you people forget, you were a five-star when we recruited you, and now you're back in the portal with no team to go to. Georgia, the Floridas, the Alabamas, the, these big-time schools – they got to recruit. And we wanted you, and you left. But I do like the fact that, Kevin, you, you are giving windows. Like, let's, let's face it. I, but, see, I don't, I don't think you need the distinction of if you're going exactly. inside the conference. Exactly. I just say, look, February yeah. 1, if you yeah. want to be in the transfer portal, yeah. we got to know by February 1. If you want to be after spring, we got to know by May yeah. 1. If you come to me on May 2 and say, I want to go in the transfer portal, that ain't going to work. Nope. I don't have any problem with, with that. I don't think you need the distinction of, well, I want to transfer outside the SEC. I'm going to have to wait. Until yeah, May go, yeah, you go, like, you no, just go, go ahead. You go, you go, you go, you go. You, I mean, I mean, Sam Pittman got hired within the conference. Like, I, I, no, I'm I, just, but I'm saying, I, if, if if I'm just looking at it from this standpoint, I if you know I'm not staying, I want to go to a different situation. To me, it shouldn't matter if I want to go to an SEC school, an ACC school, Big Ten, Big Twelve. If on February first I know I'm out, I'm out. Why are you making me wait until May, right? Or as you said, then you go through spring. 
things don't work out, circumstances yeah. change. Yeah, I can go. Yeah. I don't care. That, what if I want to go to an SEC school? Why do I have? Why do? Why do I? And look, and and the thing is too, right? Look, if I'm let let let's just let's just get away from the the ones that got everything for a second. If I'm Vanderbilt, if I'm, you know, Southern Miss. Yeah, whatever, sure matter. Yeah. Right. No, no. What I'm saying is, Kevin, I need to know who the hell's leaving. Meaning. It should be like a natural, hey, so-and-so, boom, we put them all in one false with these. Do it like you do anything else. Georgia has, boom, these set players highlighted are transferring. Because if I'm so, if I'm schools that would love a player like that, hey, hello? <laughs> because why not highlight like it? I think the problem is we don't put enough. I, I like what Kirby's doing, but let's highlight these players. Listen, if you went through all this trouble to get them on campus, it just didn't work out. Just like any, quote, uh, opportunity, it don't always work out the way you want. So, this these players are transferring. Hey, Georgia got ten play what ten players going? These are their names. Have a show. You you know, good God, you know ESPN would jump all yeah. over that because what it does, Kevin, is that means okay, they get to go to team X and Y. Boom. That way, because if I go February one and I don't have nowhere by May, then I'm think because I think sometimes right. People be forgetting your best opportunity, unless you are a quarterback or Jordan Addison, the, the number one, uh, you know, the best receiver coming back, your options aren't the same. This, man, I went to Georgia. Yeah, you went there. Like, you don't go there anymore. You you attractive. You just ain't attractive like you were. <laughs> when you got in that red and black and, and, you know, you got, you know, you got the, I got, you know, I got 20 offers. I'm going to narrow it down to my top 10 and my top five. I think the perception of who you are has has dwindled a little bit, right? You weren't able to take advantage of that other fifty percent we talked about. Fifty percent is, is Georgia when you get there. You got a chance now. You ain't gonna get all fifty. You might get twenty five percent of that other fifty. You didn't utilize it. If I'm saying I'm go, if I'm saying pre February first, think about this. Just say I'm the second part. I done went through spring. It didn't work. I do it again. Boom. These school because I think what it does is. It, it shows these other teams. I mean, this was out to let your phone ring. Hopefully, you land somewhere, because the biggest misconception about college football is you got to go to school X to get the exposure. That's not true. Yeah. Now yeah. it ain't the same. Now it ain't the same level. I'm not saying it's the same level. But I mean, Kevin, the Falcons I, took a guy from Montana State round two. I mean, there, there you go. Absolutely. So, <laughs> I, so what? I, so I do think I do think Kirby is on to something. But I will say this: when it comes to these players. You got to have a plan once you get to college too. Don't don't just be like, "Hey man, I'm jumping to the portal." That might be your last destination. And we'll see. I think I think scheduling, maybe some kind of transfer portal situation, might be what we hear coming out of Destin this week. We've got more to come. If you missed it earlier, we heard from uh, Jared Biko, Georgia Southern Athletic Director. We'll have that for you next here on Three and Out. 